Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you have chosen to worship with us today. If you are a guest, we welcome you here today, and, and we are so glad that you are here in our church. Um, if you are a Gardner-Webb student who has just moved in in the past week, um, and you're here today, we welcome you not only to the church, but to, to Boiling Springs. Uh, we hope that you find uh, much to do uh, while you're here, um, but we are glad that all of you are with us for worship. We are so glad that all of you have chosen to worship with us at Boiling Springs today. Our hymn is number 346, Majesty 346. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. the children who are not already down here with me and on my knees to uh, join us at the front. Bring your backpacks. Come over this way so we can. What, Claire? Come on. Come on. I got you. All right. Gather around over here so everybody can see you. Whoa, whoa. Hey, Liza. All right. Sit down just a minute. Sit down right here. Sit down. There you go, Ledger. All right, whoa, this is so awesome. Look at all these backpacks. Look at all these children and their smiling faces. Today is a good day. All right, Liza, where are you going? All right, before we get started, today was promotion Sunday for the children. And we went up, quite a few of us, from one age to the other. But we had two that left our little department over here next to the fellowship hall. And next Sunday they will go to first grade. And it is our tradition as they enter the first grade to present them with the Bible. And I thought what a better day to do it than on Backpack Blessing Day. So, I have a Bible for Rebecca Kate Shires who will go to the first grade. And I have a Bible for James Beeson who will go to the first grade. So these are their gifts as they promote out of the pre-K PAL group into the big group. Ledger, here comes Daddy. Oh. 
Uh-oh, you both fell out. Okay. Miss Ellen's not good at this, but she's going to learn. There you go. All right, Ledger, there's your... All right, hold on. Just one second. It's okay. You don't have to put it on. Miss Ellen got a little rattled here with all her children. It's like Mother Goose here. Okay. Today, we want to take a few minutes to recognize the beginning of school, a time when not only children but parents, grandparents, teachers face a new beginning. It is not just a beginning for children. It is a beginning for all of us as we begin to celebrate a year of growth, not only in church, but in school. At this time, I would like anyone in the church who works with children to please stand. Now I would like any older children than the ones who are standing with me to stand, who are going to middle school, high school, college. You're going to pre-K, I know. <laughs> if you're an administrator in the schools, community colleges, please stand. Look around you and you see faces, some of them familiar, some of them not, of poop, people, excuse me, who are involved with our children, not only here at church, but with them Monday through Friday. Take time, even before the year starts, to say thank you. Please remain seated. Whoops, nope, you can't sit down. If you will join me as we read responsively, it is in your bulletin. God, for our students who are beginning a new year, we ask for your guidance in their daily walk through the hallways, to the bus stop, and then the carpool line. For the teachers that will guide them in their education, we pray that their teaching will be effective and their classrooms will be filled with excitement to learn. Bless the bus drivers, the cafeteria workers, the custodians, the guidance counselors, administrators, and countless others who make education possible in our school. As our students and teachers exchange their flip-flops for sneakers, may they know that they are a part of this family of faith and that they are cared for, prayed for, and loved. And I would like the children to please stand. Everybody stand up. Touch a friend's backpack. Just very gently put your hand on their backpack. Now let us pray. Lord, we thank you for these children. We thank you for the adventure that some of them are about to begin. Kindergartners and first graders, freshmen in college, 
pre-K, daycare. Open their eyes and their hearts to share with others. Open their eyes and their hearts for learning. Give them patience, give them love, give them protection. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Up here on the Lord's Supper table are backpack blessing tags. All the children will get one, but if you would like one for your satchel or backpack, please get one at the end of the service. Thank you. All right, let's go. For the last couple of weeks, we've been um, listening to uh, an audio from what we think was the day that this building was uh, dedicated 50 years ago in 1969. Uh, T. Max Lennons was the pastor then, and he had some special words for the congregation. So please listen as we hear another portion of his address to the congregation. On the first day we worshiped in our new sanctuary, our bulletin contained these words. Tomorrow is here. Years ago, we began dreaming of a new meeting house for our congregation. When the dream took on the outlines of actual plans, we reproduced the artist's drawing of our sanctuary on the front cover of our bulletin. Underneath, we printed the words, our dream for tomorrow. With our eyes and hearts fixed on that vision, we brought our prayers, our gifts, and our labor week by week before our Lord. Under his hand of blessing and guidance, our dream has now become a shining reality. We gather today in this magnificent structure for our first service of worship. We come to offer to our God thanksgivings too deep, too great for lips to utter. Tomorrow is here. Let us not become confused. The beauty of this sanctuary will not ensure beauty of worship. Worship stems from individual lives open and responsive before God, from lives actively expressing the adoration, confession, and dedication from within, from individual lives surrendered to the creative, transforming hand of God. Tomorrow is here. A number of those who dreamed and worked and gave to help bring us to this tomorrow had to leave us before the work was completed. But in a very real way, they are with us on this glorious day. We heard the soft tread of their footsteps in the procession from the old sanctuary. We see the beauty of their lives in the lighted loveliness of the windows. We see the strength of their character in the bricks and mortar that bind these towering walls, we feel their love in our hearts. And for those of you who don't know, uh, 50 years ago, we moved this um, congregation that was originally on the campus of Gardner-Webb University, where the Dover Chapel now sits. Um, we walked here to this place, which has become our permanent home. And so we want to celebrate that on September 8th. Please note in your order of service the various things that are scheduled for that day, especially the beginning service that starts at Gardner-Webb at 9.30. We'll have shuttles to and from this building to Gardner-Webb to Dover Chapel. 
Um, and then we will reenact the walk that was done 50 years ago when they walked down the street to uh, this location. Also, be sure to note on the uh, tear out on your order of worship that there is a place to make a reservation for a meal that day. If you have already made your reservation, don't make another one. But if you've not made your reservation and you plan to join us for that meal, please be sure to sign up today and include that in the offering plate. Now let's join in singing hymn number 680, I Then Shall Live. If you are able, please stand and join in singing hymn number 680.
Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for this beautiful day that we can come to church and worship you. Thank you for the excitement in the air, the excitement of a new school year. Lots of children are anxious. Lots are excited. Be with every child, parent, teacher, nurse, bus driver, everyone that we've already prayed for. And dear Lord, as we bring our offerings this morning, help us to do what you would have us to do and help us to give willingly and freely and lovingly so that we may reach as many people as we can with your offerings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, choir and instrumentalists. Wow. Well, we have had some extra joy in the office over the last few weeks. Uh, Heidi, Betsy, and Ellen are all have some new additions to their family. Some of those are grandmothers for the first time. Yes, I saw that hand, Heidi. And uh, this, this joy picture is not one of those new babies, but it is my baby who's sitting back there who started the eighth grade this year. Um, but so I didn't have pictures of all the, the uh, babies, the new additions to the office, but there is some extra joy here at the church uh, in the office and not only in this room, but in the office during the week because of these new additions. And so we rejoice with Heidi and Betsy and Ellen and their new additions. Uh, and uh, they are excited about grandma, grandpa, Nana, Grumps, whatever names that I'm in, I've been hearing. So uh, I am sure that they have pictures and they would be delighted to show you those pictures. Uh, but we can take that one down now. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure Aiden loved that. But uh, we had to show, when the choir was doing this, the joy song this morning, I said, I came across that literally this morning, sent it to Roger and said, you know, just, just put that up uh, sometime there. But we rejoice with these, again, with these new additions. And we are excited as well for our children and our, our um, uh, teachers who will be headed back to school tomorrow morning. Some maybe have already been back there for a week or two, but we certainly want to keep you in our thoughts and prayers as we move into this new season. And some of you aren't starting. You're like, what's all the hoopla about? You know, you don't have kids in your home and maybe you're, you're not involved in the education system, but this could be a new season of the year for you. Uh, maybe it's not related to school, but maybe you are beginning to go into a new season. And so uh, I would encourage you to think about this day and, and this, this time of worship in that regard as to how maybe the Lord is speaking to you as we enter into this new season of ministry and life together this fall. We certainly want to do remember our children, teachers, and, and students. And we also want to remember those within our church family, as always. We have several that uh, have had some surgery this week. Jimmy Beeson was one of those, and he gave me the, the go-ahead to mention that, but he had shoulder surgery. I need to say that carefully uh, this week. And uh, he is recovering and is coming along, but he certainly would continue to appreciate your prayers. And I know we've had others that have had surgeries and recovering, and some of those are um, in facilities that we need to remember as well. You may have a specific request on your heart and mind this morning, so I just want to give you just a brief pause, a brief moment to lift that up uh, to the Lord, and then I will lead us in our morning prayer. And let me say this, at the end of our prayer, I want to ask you to join me in our scripture reading, which will be the Lord's Prayer, and that will be up on the screen near the end of my prayer, and I ask that you read that and pray that along with me this morning. Let's pray together. God, we do praise you. You are our true source of joy. But we also confess we too often allow the pressures and the stress of the world and the demands of life to rob us of our joy at times. So Father, I pray for each one today, the spirit of joy amid our life and amid our struggles and the things that we face each day. We rejoice with the families who've experienced a new addition. We rejoice with all that here gathered together this morning as we move into a new school year. We pray not only for the students across the street at Gardner-Webb and for the professors and all who work there, but Lord, we also pray for those entering the school system here locally from the pre-K all the way up to the seniors in high school. And Father, we pray for a good year. We do pray for their protection this year, dear God. Protect them from anyone that would seek harm. And Lord, protect them, protect their minds and their bodies and their spirits. Lord, we do pray for teachers, some of which are, are, to be honest, are very excited about the year, and others of which are 
are struggling this year for whatever reason. And Lord, I pray that this morning that they would, we'd, would receive some encouragement and some joy as they begin to move back into a new year. God, we lift up these who are struggling this morning within our uh, church family, those that are recovering from surgeries, those that are uh, dealing with sickness and illness at home. We do pray for your special grace and your healing mercies on them at this hour. We think of Dave Gordon, and we do ask for a special blessing on him and Carolyn during this season. For them, we do pray for your renewed strength and presence in a mighty way. God, we pray, Lord, that your spirit would stir us this morning to a deeper walk with you. May your Holy Spirit convict us of sin as we continue in our worship. May you grant us wisdom as we seek to be Jesus' people in the age in which we live. Encourage those who need it today. Provide hope for those who may come into this place today feeling hopeless. Help us to live on mission for you, always seeking to advance your kingdom in our own lives and in the world around us. And Lord, now we pray the prayer that you taught us to pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, summer vacation is over. And I know this is not a laughing matter for most of the students and teachers present this morning, but I do hope today in just a moment you will have a smile on your face. And I do believe that you can enter into this new school year with a smile on your face. My mom was a kindergarten assistant for over 20 years in the public school system in Henderson County. And I grew up not only with her sharing multiple stories at home each evening, but I've grown up and over the last many years have been in, involved with church and been involved with and are surrounded by many of teachers and educators. And so I know that over the years, not only have you shared funny stories in your home, but you have heard many of those funny stories as well. A little boy named Joey comes home from his first day of school and his, mother's, his mother asks, what did you learn today? And he says, not enough, Joey replies. They said, I have to go back tomorrow. <laughs> Another story I read this week, I heard about a teacher who asked a little boy, why don't you brush your teeth? I, can't, I can see what you had for breakfast this morning. And the boy says, okay, what did I have? The teacher said, eggs. And he said, you're wrong, that's what I had yesterday. One boy, and some of you may relate to this one, one, one more, a boy said to his father, Dad, the principal in, invited us to have a small meeting at school. And the dad said, well, son, how small is this meeting? And the son said, well, it's me and you and the principal. So unfortunately, some of you may relate all too well to those small meetings. I know some of you well, and so I, I think some of you've had some of those small meetings from time to time. But growing up in Hendersonville, North Carolina, I went to a private school from kindergarten to sixth grade. I was raised in a strong Christian home every Sunday and every Wednesday. And I would say even if I, if I wasn't sick, but sometimes when I was sick, I was still at church. But every Sunday and Wednesday, we would be at church. My uh, surrounded, my extended family, most of which lived outside of the Hendersonville area, were Christians, uh, friends, neighbors, were Christians. Um, 
It wasn't until middle school that I realized when I went to public school, my seventh grade year, that all the world didn't live like we did. All the world didn't live like we did. The phrase, the Christian bubble, could be appropriate to describe much of my upbringing and young childhood. And I think my parents did what most parents still do today. You try to provide a safe, loving environment for your children where they will come to know the Lord, they will hear about the Lord, and you kind of create your own little, uh, I say heaven on earth, you know, this perfect world, uh, in hopes that one day soon, eventually, we will, you know, we'll all go to our eternal heaven as well. And we draw strength, don't we, from our Christian friends and, and from worship and from discipleship classes, whether it's Sunday school or other means. And so, you know, I'm not faulting that at all. We, we draw strength. We need to depend upon one another. But all the while, Jesus is calling us to go into the world and to make disciples. I understand that sometimes the bubble just happens. We come to know the Lord and we develop Christian friends, we maybe join a new fellowship, and there's just a, a camaraderie and a fellowship and a spirit that's there now that maybe we didn't have before, and so we love it. And so if we're not careful, this in inevitable bubble that we talk about uh, begins to surround us because we inevitably want to be around people that are like us. But church, this morning, I propose to you something we already know. Jesus didn't save us and call us as his own to help build a Christian subculture. Jesus didn't redeem us so we could hide from the world so that we could avoid or ignore the world. He doesn't want us to fear the world, to hate the world or to judge the world, but rather Jesus sends us out into the world, not so that we can become like the world, but so that we can tell the world and show the world what his love and what his plan for their lives can look like. God loves every person that has ever been created in this world. I'm grateful for all those here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church who want to show the world what Jesus looks like. I'm grateful for those of you that do that in your daily lives, in your homes, in, in your workplace, in your school. I'm also grateful for the ways that we do that corporately as a church family. You saw slides before the service about the blessing or the or backpacks that we fill each week that are given to uh, disadvantaged children uh, in our community where they take home groceries with them each week. We do that corporately in supporting our food pantry. We um, have other opportunities throughout the year where we're involved in different missional aspects. We had a, a wonderful time sharing last week about our trip to Guatemala, and it was a good team spirit as 10 of us went from Boiling Springs to Guatemala to share God's love um, with the people there in Guatemala. This last week, Ellen and I, I'm grateful for experiences that we had. Not only did our missions committee here at the church say, you know, here's some money. We want you to uh, talk with the people down at Phillips Village to see how we can bless the children and the families there. Ellen sat down with uh, the director there this last week and talked about ways that our church can help these kids as they begin to go back into the school year, and not only just with a gift, but in other ways as well. And so she told me that I, I look forward to it. We, Ellen and I haven't been able to catch up on how that, all the details of that conversation. But then Wednesday afternoon, Ellen and I sat down with Michael Goulette. Michael Goulette is the uh, executive director for the Cleveland County Rescue Mission. This is a mission that helps men and women now through the Seeds of Hope um, home uh, get back on their feet. Maybe these are homeless individuals, maybe these are individuals who have struggled with substance abuse, but nevertheless, these are individuals who are wanting to get their life right again, who are wanting to move forward in a better way. 
And Ellen and I sat down with him for about an hour this week. And so we talked about how Boiling Springs Baptist, as we move forward in the future, could maybe have a greater partnership with the Cleveland County Rescue Mission and help people who are, who are broken, people who are just at, at, their, at their wits' end. Um, the, great, the connection with him and Ellen and Roger was great. He used to work at First National Bank, and so it was just a good, a good connection. And so we talked about maybe having him in to share his vision uh, and share more about the ministry with our church and then schedule a time this fall where we can go over and see and, and, and pray and think about ways that we can plug in more there at the Cleveland County Rescue Mission. But this summer, over the course of about four to six weeks, we spent some time focusing on things above. We talked a lot about the kingdom of God, and we looked at this idea of, of, of heaven, what heaven will be like. We also talked about angels, and we, we dabbled a little bit with, with hell and with demons, and we talked about dreams. We had a, good, a, a really fun Sunday, I feel like, um, that morning talking about dreams and how God can speak to us through dreams. But one of the things that I kept going back to in my thoughts for this Sunday and this idea of, of back to school and back to the grind, back to the... Uh, the hectic, crazy life that is, is sometimes just everyday life for many of us. And I, my mind kept going back to the scripture that we just read and prayed together. When it says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The only time that that has taken place in the history of the world was what we read about in the beginning of our scriptures. When God Almighty himself walked with man, walked with woman, in the garden, down the street, holding hands, spoke face to face. That would be the extreme. That would be the ultimate example of God's kingdom coming on earth. But I propose to you this morning that the world gets a glimpse, the world gets a taste of the kingdom of God when we live out our lives as he would have us to. When we allow Jesus to fully embody us and his spirit is alive and well in us, people begin to see and feel and experience the kingdom of God when they're near us, when they're around us. And we are about the things that God would have us to be about. We're doing the things that he would have us to be doing. And so what I've done um, uh, this morning, first of all, we need to make this also our goal, that when it says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This needs to be our goal. Let's step outside the walls of the church and into our homes and our schools and our workplace and bring a little bit of heaven to earth as we move forward this fall. But how do we do this? Well, I've taken, I've written down five things this morning that I want to share with you. What I've done is put myself in a, a, a classroom or a school setting to where, you know, kids are hearing all kinds of instructions. Whether you're a pre-K kid or whether you're a student at Garden Web, there's certain rules, there's certain instructions that you have to follow that will make everything work well. So if we as God's people are desiring to live out his kingdom here on this earth, what are some things that maybe we need to think about as we seek to do that? And the first thing that I've written down is a sign that you may see when a child steps on or off the school bus. But it's the three words, watch your step. And you may wanna write these five things down because I really do think they would be helpful for you, no matter if you're in the school classroom or if you're going back to your uh, work, wherever it may be, but watch your step. School bus instructions, I believe. There are places that your feet need to go for all of us, whether we're in school or not, and there are places that your feet need to avoid. Ephesians 5, verse 16 and 17 says, be careful then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, 
making the best of the times because the days are evil. And I think we can all agree with that. I don't need to go in and talk about how evil our days are. All you got to do is watch the news each evening. But a question I have for us this morning as we think about the places where our feet go and watching our steps. Do your feet go toward those who are hurting, those who are bullied, those who are treated as less than, or do your feet only go toward those who can help you look better or get ahead? Where are your feet taking you and where will your feet take you as you begin a new year? Romans 10, 15 says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I love that passage. This is what I get to proclaim when I preach good news. Our feet taking us in ways and moving us forward in ways that help us proclaim this good news. Proverbs 4.26 says, challenges us to give careful thought to the paths of our feet. So number one, watch your step. Number two, pay attention. Listen to the teacher and follow directions. Right? I mean, that's a common classroom rule, right? I think that's that, you know, the teacher will talk about that tomorrow morning. The classroom teacher is important. We need to listen to the classroom teacher, but also as Christians, as people who desire to bring about the kingdom of God on earth, we must listen to the Spirit. And when we hear the Spirit of God, we need to do what the Spirit says. James 1.19 says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This is something that we learn how to do better over time, I would say. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Two ver- three verses later in James 1.22, we read, do not merely listen to the word of God and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We may get the listening down, but the doing we may struggle with. And then Jesus's words in Luke 11.28, he says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So watch your step, pay attention, listen to your teacher, follow directions. And then the third is don't be afraid to ask questions. I don't know how many classroom rules, this may be a little less common, but don't be afraid to ask questions. I heard years ago that it was Einstein, or maybe he's attributed to this story, that Einstein's parents would ask him, not what did you learn in class today, but how many questions did you ask? And don't be afraid to ask questions, whether you're here as a young pre-K or a student or an adult who's learning and growing in life and godliness. Don't be afraid to ask questions. James, again, 1, 5, and 6 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. I think of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and this is a little bit different context, but in Acts chapter 8, Philip runs up to the Ethiopian eunuch and he asks him, he says, do you not under, or do you understand what you are reading? If we don't understand what we're reading in the Bible, if we don't understand what's happening in the classroom, we need to ask. We need to ask and we must ask. It's the hardest thing for us to do sometimes to say these three words, I need help. So watch your step, Uh, pay attention, listen to the teacher, don't be afraid to ask questions. And then number four, be kind, polite, and courteous to others. If we wanna see the kingdom of God advanced on this earth, let me tell you something, church, this is where we should start, okay? This is a great place to start. Um, Be kind, polite, and courteous to others. At times, I think all of us would agree that at times Christians can be some of the rudest and most unwelcoming people 
that uh, we have experienced at times. I, I've got a cup, speaking of which, I, I've got a, a cup here, and this is not about the rude part, but I want to read you what uh, somebody gave Renee. She's uh, beginning some student teaching in Gastonia this fall uh, after her time at UNCC and kind of changing careers. And she's got a, a cup that someone gave her, I guess. I don't, maybe I don't know the whole story here, but I just saw this at home. And so I'm assuming someone gave it to her. And it says, I will not yell in class. Now, again, all this is under the point, be kind, polite, and courteous, okay? It says, I will not yell in class. I will not throw things. I will not tease other kids. I am the teacher. <laughs> so whether the teacher or the student, it's a good place to start. Be kind. Treat people with respect. That goes a long way, especially if we're desiring to be the kingdom of God here on this earth. Romans 2.4 speaks about kindness, or Paul does. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see his kindness is indeed to turn you from your sin? And then in Colossians 3, verse 12, a verse that many of you may know by heart, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. So if we want to be Jesus in this world, let's start there. I understand sometimes you've got to speak truth and sometimes you've got to do it in a way that is, is, is maybe tough. But at the same time, let's pursue kindness and be polite and courteous. That's a great place to start. And the last one, and again, this list isn't all you know, inclusive, but it's just five things that I thought would challenge us and move us forward today. And the fifth one is work hard and always do your best. I think every teacher, that should be a classroom rule uh, that the teacher or a challenge that the teacher gives to the students is work hard and always do your best. This verse was read last week in the children's sermon for the Guatemala mission team. Uh, Tatum read, read this, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Proverbs 14.23 says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Hard work. Church, let's join together as the people of God and give the world and let's do that starting right here in our community, a glimpse, a taste of the kingdom of God on earth. We live in a world that desperately needs to see what Jesus looks like in 2019. Churches today are under so much stress and, and so much uh, trying to figure out their way, not only in, in many ways our church, but churches across the land today are trying to figure out how to be the church in a world that is just changing so fast and so, so radically. A good place to start is in many of these things that I've mentioned here today. You and I have been called. We have prayed the prayer with Christ in his spirit to God, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth right here, right now in Boiling Springs, North Carolina, as it is in heaven. Number one is let's first take the steps to see that the kingdom of God is growing in us. Is the kingdom of God growing in you? Is it growing in me? Are we pursuing him through his, through his word and through prayer and through Bible study, through corporate worship? And secondly, let's be sure to let his kingdom be seen in us, in the classroom, in the lunchroom, in the boardroom, in the living room, in whatever room you want to say, but let's let the kingdom of God be seen in us. Matthew 6, 33. 
Jesus has went through a whole thing about being anxious for nothing and he's talked about different ways you were concerned about what we wear and what we eat. And then in Matthew 6, 33, he concludes this section by saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. We're gonna close with that chorus, with that hymn this morning that some of you may remember singing years ago and if you've never sung it before, then you'll pick it up pretty fast this morning. But seek first the kingdom of God. The closing challenge this morning as we move into a new school year, as we move into a new season of life for our church and in our community, are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Let's pray together. God, we love you and we thank you so much that you allow us to be a part of the bigger plan of advancing your kingdom here on this earth. Lord, forgive us for when we get distracted, when we allow pride and sin and things to hinder what you wanna do in us and what you wanna do through us. God, please forgive us for that. Father, challenge us today, charge us today to move forward tomorrow as we go into the schools, as we begin teaching, as we begin uh, heading back into a rigor and a routine of life that is very demanding. Help us to be people who seek to advance your kingdom through our words, through listening, through watching our steps, through asking the right questions, through being kind and polite, and through working hard as well. God, give us the strength that we'll need as we seek to advance your kingdom here on this earth. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I would love more than anything, talking about joy, that would bring me greatest joy this morning, is to share with you how you can know Jesus and how you can walk with him and you can know him. Uh, if you're here today and you desire renewal, the altar is open to come and to pray. Uh, and if you're here today and desire church membership, uh, you are welcome to come and we can talk more about that. Let's stand and sing together. Seek first the kingdom of God. Hear now the closing benediction. This is from Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Amen.